Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening and we thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. How did Shauna sing it? We go to the Father again and again and again. And so we come tonight. We come tonight, Lord. We, we thank you for all that you have done for us and we thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. We pray, Lord, that tonight you might help us as we gather for just a while and look at your word together. We, we pray for those who join us online that cannot be with us. And we pray that you would be especially close to them in their circumstances. We pray, Lord, that you might help us tonight. We pray for the ministries of our church and the, all the various groups of Bible studies, our choir, our students, our children, all that's going on tonight. We're grateful for those that you have brought to us and we're grateful for a wonderful, growing, healthy church and you've blessed us in many ways. We don't take it for granted. We're grateful for it. We ask that tonight you'd forgive us of our sins so that we might receive with wisdom and gentleness the word of God. What you repeat in your word, you repeat because it's important. What you emphasize repeatedly is for us. So tonight as we hear these words from your wisdom, your wisdom from the book of Proverbs, we pray that you might help us to apply it to our own lives. May we not say tonight, yes, this is good for someone else. May we say, this is good for me. This is good for me. This is what I need today in my life. May you, may you see, uh, may you be pleased and may you see in us good-heartedness and a desire to grow in wisdom. And we're grateful, Lord, for this time we have now in your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, good to see you all. Scott, seems like there's a little bit of a buzz in that. Can you maybe take the gain or something out of it? It seems a little bit rumble or something. Maybe I've just got wax in my ears. I don't know. Proverbs chapter 26, good to see all of you here, scattered here across this place from sea to shining sea. Here we are. Proverbs 26. Let's read the Word of God together and then we have many things to say tonight. Our focal truth is this, that honor is not fitting for a fool. Honor is not fitting for a fool. Sinfulness is foolishness. That'll be the theme that we'll pull out of Proverbs 26. But let's read and hear the Word of God. Now what are we looking at tonight? This is the second chapter. We started last week talking about these, I call them sacred similitudes or sacred similarities. A similarity is different from that which is a contrast. A contrast is this is one way, but this is another way. But now we have these two chapters that talk about uh, similarities and I call them sacred similarities. These are collections of Proverbs that the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, transcribed from the Proverbs of Solomon that had been spoken. So a wise king, Hezekiah, learns from the wise king Solomon and puts these together. Now, one other observation. Notice the word like in many of these verses as we read. So there, that's a similitude or a similarity. It's like this, like this. This is like this. It's a wise comparison. 
Like snow in summer and like rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Like a sparrow in its flitting, like a swallow in its flying, so a curse without cause does not alight. A whip is for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod is for the back of fools. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will also be like him. Answer a fool as his folly deserves, that he be not wise in his own eyes. He cuts off his own feet and drinks violence when, uh, who sends a message by the hand of a fool. Like the legs which are useless to the lame, so is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Like one who binds a stone in a sling, so is he who gives honor to a fool. Like a thorn which falls into the hand of a drunkard, or it can read, sinks into the hand of a drunkard. Uh, so is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Like an archer who wounds everyone, so is he who hires a fool or who hires those who pass by. Like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. The sluggard says there's a lion in the road. A lion is in the open square. As the door turns on its hinges, so does the sluggard on his bed. The sluggard buries his hand in, his, in the dish, and he is weary of bringing it to his mouth again. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give a discreet answer. Like one who takes a dog by the ears is he who passes by and meddles with the strife not belonging to him. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, Was I not joking? For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. Like charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels, and they go down into the innermost parts of the body. Like an earthen vessel overlaid with silver dross are burning lips and a wicked heart. He who hates disguises it with his lips, but he lays up deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred covers itself with guile, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone, it will come back on him. A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word, and may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So James says it. James says in chapter 3, I won't have you turn there, but it's the key tonight. Here's the key. Here's the call out. Who is wise and understanding? James chapter 3. Who is wise and understanding? 
And James goes on to say, let him show it by good deeds. So wisdom is seen by what we do. There's a great contrast in the book of Proverbs. It is the foundation for this entire book. We live in the fear of God, and as we live in the fear of God, we live in wisdom. It is a wise thing to live in the fear of God. Uh, that's what Levi was mentioning earlier. Living in the fear of God is wisdom, but refusing to live in the fear of God is foolishness. So before we take these things apart, and let me just mention, so you can see the break, the breakdown of these verses, uh, though you really don't have any paragraph breaks in uh, chapter 26, there are five very important uh, uh, places where the foolish and, the, and foolish ways are seen. So I'll just read them off your outline. Foolish, first of all, we'll see in verses 1 through 12, the foolish ways of fools. Secondly, we'll look at the foolish ways of the lazy. Third, we'll look at the foolish ways of meddlers, hypocrites, and fighters should be. Uh, fourth, we'll look at the foolish ways of gossips and slanderers. And then finally, we see a portrait of the foolish ways of the hater. We've seen this before. We've seen several of these portraits uh, that have been given to us in the last few chapters of Proverbs. We saw, uh, we saw the, uh, the portrait of the drunkard in Proverbs 23. They struck me, but I did not become ill. They beat me, but I did not know it. When shall I awake? I will seek another drink. So says the, drug, the, the, the person addicted to drugs or to alcohol or some, something of this intoxicated. When you're intoxicated, it's foolishness is what the Word of God says. Then we, we saw also uh, the portrait of the sluggard in uh, chapter 24, I passed by the field of the sluggard, by the vineyard of the man lacking sense. And then we heard the, the saying of the sluggard. Verse 33 of 24, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little, a little, a little. That's what the sluggard says, the lazy man. A little, a little, a little. Then your poverty will come as a robber. Now we find this portrait in chapter number 26 of the hater. And that's how we'll end tonight. I remind you these ways to, that uh, the Word of God gives us, shows us the contrast between the wise and the fool. So again, who is wise and understanding? Who hears me tonight? Who is wise and understanding? Am I living a life of wisdom under the wisdom of God? And with the understanding that comes from fearing God and knowing the Word of God and trusting and following Jesus, or am I living a fool's life? Now, before we go into the detail, also one other thing. Let's go back to the introduction of Proverbs for a moment. Proverbs chapter 1. So find your place in your Bible. Proverbs chapter 1. And then we'll be working our way through in just a moment uh, the detail of chapter 26. But these words are important for me to set things up. What does the word wisdom, the book of Hebrew, the Hebrew word for wise is the word to be shrewd. We tend to use shrewdness as a bad word. Shrewdness just simply is, perhaps I use what the Lord said to the disciples as a way of defining shrewdness. What did the Lord say when he was about to leave? 
one of those directions he gave to his disciples was this. Be harmless as a dove and shrewd as a snake. And that'll, that'll be, uh, your understanding of that will be dependent on your understanding of snakes and what you learned in biology. But a snake is a shrewd creature. The shrewdness of a snake. So wisdom is being shrewd. It is also a word that has to do with skill. It's, it's aptitude. It's, it's a, a number of things are built around the word wise. But we read in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then notice the word, by the way, fool means perverse. So in Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, we're reading in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is uh, translation, our English Bibles from the Hebrew language. So these words are important. What, the wise or the, the wise person is the shrewd person. Uh, based on circumstances and in the fear of God, you live with shrewdness. Uh, but the fool lives without the fear of God and lives a perverse, twisted life. It's perverse. So the fool is perverse. The wise are shrewd. This is the picture of the book of Hebrews. So now we pick up and just another introduction back to this to show you this comparison. This has been the comparison of the entire book of Proverbs. I'm just trying to make the point as we're ending the book, we're coming back to some of these key themes. Again, Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools, notice, despise wisdom. And fools despise being instructed. We read in verse number 22 of chapter 1. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple and scoffers delight themselves in scoffing? Fools and fools hate knowledge. How long will a fool hate knowledge? The question is asked. And then in verse number 32 of chapter 1, for the waywardness of the naive will kill them. But this is the phrase, verse 32. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. You see, the foolish man does not have any, they're complacent. There's no, there's no effort to change. They're satisfied with their foolishness. What does it take to save us? It takes the convicting power of the Holy Spirit based upon hearing the gospel and the word of God to stir us from our complacency. The church itself becomes complacent sometimes. And the Lord says, wake up. Wake up, church. Stop your complacency. So now we see the importance of this. The importance of living a life in the fear of God, which leads to wisdom, wise living. As we, This is living wisely. It's the whole theme of what I've been talking about for however long we've been doing this. Or living foolishly. So as we're coming to the end of Proverbs, we're coming back to these key themes of, oh, oh, how the Lord says to us, don't be fools. What does it look like to be a fool? What does it sound like to be a fool? How does it feel when you're around a fool? See, all of these things are important. Again, Proverbs is not name calling someone in the way of cursing. Foolishness in the book of Proverbs is a way of life. It's a lifestyle. Foolish living or wise living. And everyone here, everyone who hears my voice, 
we're all either living wisely or we're living foolishly. And believers in Jesus Christ can sadly live foolishly rather than spirit-filled and wisely. So may, may we be warned. Let's not read this and say, boy, this was really good for the Jewish people to hear. No, this is really good for Christians to hear. That's why old Pastor Mike's been laboring on this for a long time. Because as a pastor, I'm saying to you this over and over again. If I had only, if, if, I, if, they, if they, the, the torturers came and said, okay, we're gonna give you a little bit of Bible to read, what do you want? You can only have a few books. Give me Psalms, give me Proverbs, and give me the Gospels, and I'll be okay. Amen. So I appeal to you, my friends, however long you have to live, may the book of Proverbs be a regular diet in your life. Consume it, eat it, chew it. You'll discover, you'll discover every time you move through it, the Holy Spirit will say, now, Mike, that's for you, right there. Today, that's for you. Number one, foolish ways of a fool. Levi, that could probably be a song. Foolish ways of a fool. Let's look at these again. Look at these comparisons. Look at these similarities. Like, 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 like. You see it all the way, strung all the way through this. So like snow and summer. Again, I'm repeating, but I'm saying this because it's important. Why would, if God is going to instruct us in wisdom, he uses a lot of different methods, just like we do with our kids. Sometimes you teach your children with contrasts, hot and cold. You know, they're contrasts. Uh, but sometimes it's by things that are like things. This is like this. And when you, and so look, the device, this is the genius of the way God made our brains. This gives you the ability to meditate. When you use, when you go to these sacred similarities, you pause and think about it. So I can't uh, labor for all, um, my frustration with this is there's so many, each of these are rich in their own way. We could, we could take one per week and, and spend 28 weeks just in this chapter thinking about each of these. So I can't do that. But tonight, just think of these as we go back through them now and you, let your mind, see this is, how, this is how we meditate. This is how we learn to think deeply about foolishness. How are the foolish ways of the fool illustrated? Well, like snow in summer. Boy, wouldn't you like to have some of that the last little bit of time? Now, supposedly the weather people said we were gonna have a cool front, but it felt just as hot today as it did yesterday. I don't know. Like snow in summer and like rain in harvest. Sid, nobody wants any rain when you're trying to cut hay. It's aggravating. Nobody wants it. And it comes. We've been having it. Here we are. All the farmers, they're worried about it. We've gone past the holiday and they haven't got their fields cut. Oh my, the worry in our church among our farmers who can't cut their hay fields. Worry, worry, worry. Like snow in summer and like rain in harvest. So honor is not fitting for a fool. Uh, we, you know, who's to be honored? Those who walk with God. Those who lo love the Lord. We show double honor to those who teach and preach the word of God and show it in properness of the way they live. Honor. Honor is given to God. Honor is given to to the righteous who seek to walk with God and serve others, but 
like snow in summer. It doesn't match. It doesn't fit. Snow in summer doesn't go together. You, you don't have snow in the summer. And, and you don't really want rain in the harvest time because of what you're trying to do. Harvesting is a time that you're enjoying because it rained earlier. So honor is not fitting for a fool. See, again, I'm just going through the exercise mentally and in my verbally of how you would sit and think about it. So I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to expect honor when I'm living like a fool. Well, I want people to respect me. Well, are you living like a fool? Are you living foolishly? Why should you expect honor if you live foolishly? And this could be a question to many in our world today. So foolish ways do not complement honorable ways. I'm just giving you some ways to consider and think about these. And some of my outline and my comments tonight are some of the ways in which I've been trying to meditate. I'm just I'm illustrating for you. A sparrow in its flitting. You know, have you noticed a sparrow flits? It's flitting. Like a sparrow in its flitting and like a swallow in its flying. So a curse without a cause does not alight. You see, that's a good word. Curses without a cause fly away like a bird. They don't stick. You know, when someone curses you and criticizes you and disrespects you without a cause, it, it doesn't really have an effect on you. See, this is one of those statements that helps us to understand that uh, curses, they, they're foolish words, but they don't land, they don't alight, as the word reads. I'm reading from the New American Standard. Your Bible may read a little different. A whip is for a horse, a bridle's for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. Discipline's always in the path of the fool. Hard discipline. The rod. The rod. And don't answer a fool according to his folly, or you'll, be, you'll also be like him. You see, you become a fool when you try to answer a fool the way that in their foolishness. This is the point of this. You don't answer them according to the way they're being foolish because you'll be a fool. This is a great lesson for parents. You don't speak to a child. You know, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. We've learned from the book of Proverbs. We know this to be true in our lives. But you don't, you don't answer a child in their foolishness or you're being a fool. Like, have you ever seen parents who are acting like fools the way they're trying to talk to their kids? It's crazy. Don't talk to them in their foolishness. Don't answer them. But then notice the connection to it. It goes on. Answer a fool as his folly deserves. That is, now you answer so that he might not be wise. So yeah, you've done that. You're living this certain way. So let me ask you this, blah, blah, blah. In your foolishness, well, it, it, it shows the fool what they really are. So how you answer fools means that they've said something or questioned you. So we must learn how to answer as the wise to the foolish. And you don't answer a fool according to their foolishness. You answer a fool, uh, you answer a fool as his folly deserves, that he not be wise in his own eyes. Now you have, he cuts off his own feet and drinks violence 
who sends a message by the hand of a fool. So if you're counting on a fool, pain and problems come when you send a fool to do a job. Well, I'm going to give them this chance. So, you know, I've said as a parent. Well, I'm going to give them a chance. And boy, if I give them this chance, then it's going to work out. Well, not if they're living foolishly. Not if my child is living foolish. It's just going to be a disaster again. So it's important to determine and discern the condition of our own lives and also the lives of those that are around us. Do those in our family and those we're married to and our children, how are they living? Are they living foolish lives or are they living lives of wisdom? Look, you want your children to learn to fear God and live wisely. You don't want your, your children to live foolishly. Oh, the path of the path of pain for the fool. This is the repeated statement of the Word of God. Foolish living. Uh, you, you have um, also in uh, verse 7, the Hebrew reads a little bit different literally. It says the legs of the lame are not equal. This is hard to translate into English. In verse 7 you have like the legs which are useless to the lame. So is a proverb in the mouth of fools. So let's say a fool is going to say something wise. <laughs> it never works. When someone's foolish and they try to say something wise, it's, let me read it literally, the legs of the lame are not equal, so is a parable in the mouth of a fool. It just, it doesn't work. When I'm, speak, when I'm living foolishly and then I try to say something wisely, it, it, it doesn't happen. It, it doesn't connect. And then like a pebble, uh, or, or like one who binds a stone in a sling, it's, it's really better to read it, uh, like the paraphrase uh, the, the says it, like a pebble in a sling. So is paying honor to a dullard. You know, a pebble isn't a pebble, not a rock. You know, you want a sling to have a pretty good-sized rock. Some of you men in here, and maybe the women in here, you know, did you ever have a sling when you were a kid? I got in a lot of trouble with a sling in my life with putting not pebbles but rocks in it, and I still feel the pain sometimes in my back part of my body because of what my father did to me because of that sling. A pebble in a sling is of no value. A pebble in a sling. These beautiful pictures, they're for us. So is he who gives honor to a fool. Let me honor this fool. All around us we see those who honor fools. We see the fools who are honored in our world. And, all, and everyone who sees a fool honored, regardless of whether it's in, uh, you know, in, work, in a work environment or in the government or in church, everybody knows this is ridiculous to honor this fool. This is why we pay attention to how we show honor and to whom we show honor to. Like an archer, this is a great one, like an archer who wounds everyone. <laughs> he shoots his arrows. I mean, there's some, joke, there's some humor here, folks. I mean, like an archer who wounds everyone. He shoots arrows at everybody, Bob. He's bam, bam. June, here he's just shooting everybody. No, the archer's supposed to shoot the enemy, not each other. 
like an archer who shoots and hurts everyone, so is the one who hires a fool. Everybody's hurt when you put a fool in charge. You all are just very serious tonight, but these are wonderful words. Like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. What does a fool do? A fool, I, I just read it to you. I read the foolish, the foolish ways of a drunkard. How foolish is it to get drunk so that everybody beats you to a pulp? They struck me, but I did not become ill, and they beat me, but I did not know it. That means I'm, I'm intoxicated, I'm drunk, they're beating me. I don't even know I'm being beaten. And when I wake up, I'm gonna drink again. Like a dog returns to its own vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. And then do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? Do you see a self-righteous person? God, I thank you, I am not like that man and other men. Remember as we talked about that story, I'm convinced that the publican, the Pharisee was not praying, he was telling God how glad he was, he was better than other people. That's what self-righteous people do. They tell God. They don't ask God. They don't confess to God. They tell God. Look at this now. This is in the Word of God for us. This is for me. This is for you. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Then we come to the sluggard, the lazy man. The Word of God gives great detail to talk about Laziness. Laziness. This is a matter that is not only in the Old Testament, dealt with in detail, but also in the New Testament. And so you have this section again coming back to the lazy man. And so the, the, the lazy man tells lies to hide their laziness. What? Well, there's a lion in the road. No, there's not. No, there's not. There's a lion in the open square. No, there's not. You're just lazy. You're just lazy. The lazy man says, it's too hot today. I'm sick. Whatever it may be. You see, the lazy man makes excuses to hide their laziness and they love the bed. They love the bed. They love the bed so much they're like a door built into a bed. <laughs> They're like a door on its hinges. As the door turns on its hinges, so does the sluggard in his bed. So, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, what, why is it the teenagers all like to sleep all the time? I have no idea, but anyway. So, you know, I would get this uh, when I was about 14, you know, I, my father would come in. As the door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man in his bed. Get up. We're burning daylight. I've heard that all of my life. Just like poor as Job's turkey. And what did we say? That was from a play that they used the phrase, poor as Job's turkey. Okay, we studied that. We Googled it. Miss Cooper gave me that and sent me that after church the other time. Lazy people are exhausted even when they try to eat. <laughs> I'm just reading the Bible to you. It's, how pitiful is this? We've read this verse before. We've read it before. Here it is again. 15, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish. 
He's weary of even bringing it to his mouth. <laughs> it's too. The Word of God's got great humor. And lazy people are self assured. Notice the sluggard, though he doesn't do anything, the lazy man, though he doesn't do anything, he's wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give a good answer. <laughs> now we come to the foolish ways of the meddler. Have you ever met a meddler? They're always in your business. You know, they meddle. It's as if you want to pause and say, do you not have a life? Do you not have anything to do? But here's a word for the meddler. Like one who takes a dog. This is the foolishness of meddling. What did Paul say? Do your own work and mind your own business. I mean, that's in the Bible. You know that, don't you? Do your own work and mind your own business, 1 Thessalonians. So, like the one who takes a dog by the ears is he who passes by and meddles with the strife not belonging to him. Hey, let me get in on that fight. That's a bad thing to do. Have you ever tried to take a dog by the ears? I don't recommend you try it. Meddling in other, business, other people's business is dangerous, especially when they're in a fight. Our, our law enforcement people could tell you that's the worst time to meddle is when people are angry and they're fighting. And then there is this word of deception. The madman throws firebrands, arrows, and death, and so is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, hey, I was just joking. Have you ever had somebody say, hey, that was just a joke? Well, actually, it wasn't a joke. You're, you're dealing with a deceiver. Pay attention to the deceiver. Deception is like madness. It causes danger to others and deceivers when they're caught, always make an excuse. I was just, it was just a joke. And then the gossip. The gossips, we read it again. The words of a whisperer like, there's nothing sweeter. There's nothing sweeter than gossip. Whispered gossip. Not broadcast gossip, but the secret gossip. It's just like, it's just like a good brownie with chocolate syrup poured all over it. Pat made some of those the other day. And my grandson ate them all before I even had a chance to have one. And then this other strange saying. Look at this. Um, verse 23. Like an earthen vessel. Now this is like a clay pot. This is the simplest of vessels. Like a clay pot overlaid with silver. Now, th that doesn't really go together. You generally put silver on a very nice, nice piece of porcelain, a nice, a nice uh, jug. This is an earthen jar with silver on it. You see it in your mind? So are burning lips and a wicked heart. You know, burning lips just have to say what they've got to say. And burning lips usually go with a wicked heart. Finally, the hater. You saw the list. The hater hides his hatred with his words, but he has deceit in his mind. The hater speaks graciously, but has deep hatred for you in his mind. The, hater, the hater's hatred will be known by others. The paraphrase says his, ha his hatred may be concealed by dissimulation, but his evil will be exposed to public view. The hater seeks to harm others, will be harmed himself. And then I remind you of what 
the Apostle John told us as we're finishing, the one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. If you hate someone tonight, you're in the dark. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Don't say you love God and hate other people. This is the lesson of God's word. As we finish tonight, I wanted you to remember these things. The great enemy we have is the devil. He is a true enemy, a real enemy to your spiritual life and mine. We must resist the devil who is a liar. The Lord Jesus reminds us that he is a liar. He's the son of lies. He's the father of lies. He is a liar. It is in his nature to do nothing but lie and to destroy. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He is the hater. He certainly is the hater of all who follow Jesus, and he controls the world and the world system and has placed all kinds of traps in the world uh, and temptations for people to fall into and to be controlled. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. But he is the liar. He is the great liar. What did he say? We're going to get to it now in Genesis in the days ahead. Did God say? God didn't really say that. He's a liar. Watch and pray that you not be tempted. This is what the Lord said. So when I'm watching my ways, I must watch my own heart not to be foolish, but I must pay attention to the words of those who would trick me. I must watch and pray not to be tempted and understand that the, the devil has many schemes that he puts across in front of believers. Don't believe the lies of the devil. Live on the truth of God's Word. Here's what Paul said, and I'll read it as our closing tonight. It's a wonderful words from, and if you'd like to turn there, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'll just read it, and this will be our close. I'd really like for you to see it tonight as we think about the wisdom of God and the cross. The wisdom of God and the cross. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse number 18. For the word of, of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. Please notice that phrase. For since the wisdom of God, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. You cannot through human wisdom come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message. Here's God's foolishness. The preaching of the gospel. As the world says, that's, what, that's all you all have got in the church? That's all you've got? Is just preaching? That's it? That's enough. The Bible? That's, is that all you got? Well, through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. That's a whole bunch of us in here, isn't it? Now, for indeed Jews ask for signs, Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are being called, 
both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Now, look, don't you love this? This is Paul's final word, and this is how we close. Because the foolishness of God, that is the preaching of the gospel, is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Anybody say amen to that? Amen, amen to that. May the Lord help us to live wisely. And may the Lord help us to live lives that count for the gospel in the fear of God. Heavenly Father, bless your word tonight. Thank you for the time we've had in your word. We thank you, Lord, for the reminders tonight of foolish ways. May we learn to live in wisdom all the days of our life. Bless my dear friends who are here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Have a good week. And say hello to someone on your way out if you don't know them.